I'll give a wave like this just to let you know that that joke is over. Okay. I misbehave on stage, but I'm better than when I wasn't sober. Okay, so um, I've sobered up, but there's still some blackouts. And um... I worked in Hyman's and survived tornadoes and trailers, but that don't mean I won't put in my two weeks later having a good time, baby. Okay. <laughs> All right. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. I started the podcast three times because I was trying to get the volume right. Last week, I listened to the podcast and like all the bumpers and the intro song was real quiet and my voice was really coming in hot. So I'm trying to adjust things. I got a soundboard. It's probably the world's easiest soundboard, but you know, I like to make it complicated. I like to act like I can't figure out dials, but it's in there now. It's all set. Uh, we're ready to go. So the podcast is, it should be a good one. Uh, I'm glad you're tuning in. You know, it's Thursday, July, something or another, July 15th. Later in the day, I've been doing some stuff. I've got uh, I got some jalapeno peppers growing in my backyard. I got bell peppers growing. I have tomatoes growing. I have cucumbers. Uh, I have what I hope will be watermelon and pumpkins, but uh, I'm not sure. One of my watermelon vines turned out to be a cucumber vine. And uh, what I thought was a pumpkin growing seems to be a watermelon. I mean, honestly, I'd rather have watermelon than pumpkin, but I'm just seeing what happens out here. I didn't label things like I should, and now I'm, things are just growing, but I've, been, I've gotten lettuce and kale and cabbage uh, and beans out of uh, my various plants and garden, and I've been eating them, and my body feels good. I've been eating fresh vegetables. Cutting them right off the vine. We cut a cucumber off, sliced it, put it in a salad, and ate it. I cut some lettuce. I put it in a wrap and ate it. It's delicious. So I'm excited about it. So I'm getting into farming. I got corn growing. I got all kinds of things coming. So I'm pumped about it. I planted some flowers yesterday around the yard. I'm trying to attract more bees so we can do some pollination around here. And it's great. Uh, my family is doing great. People are happy. Um, you know, we're just hanging out here at the house, going for walks. Uh, it's a good time. I'm into it. I'm into the family thing. It's a lot of fun. So, but I am doing comedy. I'm back on the road and comedy is hot. And this is what I want to do with the podcast. I'm going to try this. Next week, I'm going to come in with a new season. Next week's probably the wrong time to do it. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, what I plan on doing, based on my schedule, I'll do a podcast next week and the week after that. And then I'll skip a week and then... The second week of August, I'll start a new season. But between now and then, I may go ahead and begin what I'd like to do. What I'd like to do is instead, of, I'd like to have more guests on the podcast. But instead of having them be a guest where they feel the need to try to be funny the whole time and we try to make this a uh, special thing where I ask them a bunch of questions, I'm thinking what I'd like to do is just bring in someone as a co-host and just try that out. That way I could have different people. Then that way no one's so committed to doing this every week. But we could just do a little something, have them be a co-host. That way they don't have to, 
you know, feel the pressure of being on their game, but we could uh, have somebody to bounce ideas off of. At the end, I'll ask them a few questions and it'll be a hot podcast. So that's what I think I'm going to do. That's where I'm going. That's the direction. Um, and uh, it feels good. There's a lot going on. But the first week of August, I'm going to go to New York City, the big city, where I'll be filming uh, a Netflix half hour, um, which is very exciting. So that's going to be good. It's going to be a lot of fun. Meantime, I've been doing shows and I'm going to be doing shows. So let's talk about some of them. That's not it. That's not the button. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where, where they been. Where we're going, where we've been. Okay. Where have we been? This weekend, I went to the Punchline in Atlanta. Uh, typically, that would be seven shows that I would do. Thursday, one Thursday, two Friday, three Saturday, and one Sunday. But um, my amazing team of people, uh, agents and management, got it down to four shows for me. And I'm so thankful. I love doing comedy there, but seven shows is a lot. And the last time I went, now it was in the midst of COVID, but the last time I went, my sales were not great. And I would do seven shows gladly if I were like selling them all out. But it's hard to do seven shows for not a lot of people. But with four shows, I managed to sell pretty well. The shows were fun and I, and I liked it a lot. I had a really great time. I just drove down on Friday. Almost, I went straight to the club, changed at the club. Did two, Traffic was terrible. From here to Atlanta, traffic was unbelievable. I got stopped like 45 minutes in Chattanooga. And then from Chattanooga on, it was just a bunch of different, um, bunch of different traffics. I don't know what the term is, but jams. And uh, it was wild. So I got down there, went to the club, changed, had a chicken shish kebab, did two shows. It was a lot of fun. I had comics that I really like. I had uh, my friend uh, Willie B that lives in uh, Atlanta. Uh, I know him from Chattanooga, though. He lived in Chattanooga for a while. If you're unfamiliar with Willie B, he does some videos and stuff. It's Willie B, B-E-E, Willie B Comedy on Instagram. He does some funny videos and stuff. Um, but I like Willie's sense of humor. It's a bit different, but he, he always, he's done my show in Nashville a couple of times. He crushes every time. And I really like his comedy and I got, uh, him to host for me. And then I took a comment from Nashville, Casey Shornima, uh, who's also very funny and, and she featured. So, that was a lot of fun. They did great. Uh, both of the owners of the club and the punchline came out to see my show. Everybody's excited. COVID's over. Everybody's pumped. They're, they're so, everything is almost back to normal. There were a few masks here and there. And I never, honestly, never minded anybody wearing a mask. What I'm happy about is people are not making me wear it. And uh, that's very exciting. If people want to continue to do it, that's up to them. I'm okay with it. I have a friend um, in Alabama, and he told me that he loves the mask. He's like, I'm a bit of a germaphobe, and he said, honestly, I've been waiting on an opportunity to just wear a mask around all day. So if that's what you're into, get into it. You know what I mean? I'm not into it, but hey, we're all out here doing something. And that was exciting. Atlanta was fun. We did four shows. They were good. They were hot. Um, I didn't get to go to the float tank. Uh, there's a place called Floasis in Atlanta. The last time I was there, I went and sat in the float tank and that was a lot of fun. I wanted to do it again. They reached out to me and I wanted to do it again, but I just didn't have the time. I only had one day in town, but the shows were hot and, um, yeah, that was it. I didn't really do anything while in Atlanta. I didn't hang out, didn't have any cigars, uh, just did my shows. 
I went to the Whole Foods and bought food. I didn't even eat out anywhere, I don't think. Just at the Landmark Diner. I had a chicken shish kebab one night and then a fried flounder the next. It was great. Actually, it was fried. I don't know. Probably. Who knows what it was? I feel like when you go to places and get fried fish, you're just like, nah, I don't know. It'll be, as long as it's similar to the fish that you ordered, you're like, this is it. And then this weekend, I don't have shows. I took the weekend off, and I'm very excited about it. I've been traveling a lot. It'd be nice to have a weekend at home. Maybe I'll go out to the land. I don't know. But in two weeks, I'm going to go to Auburn, Alabama. Uh, I'll be there the what are the dates the 22nd 23rd and 24th at the crown of comedy if you're anywhere around the alabama area you know from montgomery on come to the show it's going to be a lot of fun i'm not doing that many shows in deep south alabama i'll do huntsville a bit but i don't really do anything that far south so come out i've never been to the club i don't know anything about it but it's going to be a fun show. Evan Burke is going with me. And it's going to be really great. So come out to the show. And um, and we're going to have a good time. So, and then after that, I'm going to go, I'll be doing my show at Nashville at, the, uh, at Zaney's on July 29th. That's going to be fun. And then on the 31st, that Saturday, I'll be in Charleston at the Charleston Music Hall. Which is going to be great. I haven't been to Charleston in a couple of years, I don't think. And I'm excited to go there. One time I did a show at the Charleston Music Hall. Went seats 900 people. One time I did a show there for 30 people. Um, I did several shows there. But once on a Wednesday, I tried to do a show and 30 people came. But it was a blast. It really was. Comedy is wild. Uh, life is wild. So I got a couple of bumpers that I made, which I'm pretty excited about. And uh, so I'm going to keep things going with uh, character of the week. Oh, yeah. He's a character. All right. That is my character one. That's John Reap. And what I'm looking for is uh, audio of people saying something that goes along with the type of thing I'm trying to create here. So, for instance, I know this is, I've just, I'm not doing character of the week now that I'm doing this. But for instance, I have a movies podcast that I just made. Then I have like song of the week, story from my past, things I hate, advice to comics, life advice, joke breakdown, Bible talk, right? So if there's like, if anybody wants to take a crack at making one of those bumpers, I'm into it. In fact, uh, one time I, I asked for people to make intro songs, a lot of people made them. I may be looking for a new intro for the new season in a few weeks to really get that going. And something shorter, I think mine is a minute, a minute and a half. I'm thinking 30 seconds for an intro. Um just something fun. Uh, I'm also um, looking for all of these bumpers. Like I said, I got song of the week, story from my past, things I hate, advice to comics, life advice, joke breakdown, Bible talk. And as you can see, I'll play the character one one more time and then get into it. But th I'm looking for that kind of style. But I'm also open to people's complete creative take on it because I'm just... I'm just trying to have some good, fun stuff. So here we go. Oh, yeah, he's a character. Character of the week is this week. Uh, my character of the week is going to be my neighbor, Chester, right? Now, Chester is not my neighbor now, Um when I was 19, I had moved back into the trailer that I grew up in, right? So my childhood trailer I was living in, and uh, I had a few roommates off and on, but it was my place. It was a two-bedroom, one-bath trailer that I lived in. And, you know, I bought it for $1,000. 
but my brother-in-law worked at a cabinet company at the time and he hooked me up with these really nice cabinets. So I had, my brother-in-law always said I had $2,000 worth of cabinets in a thousand dollar trailer. And we got uh, a friend to throw us some of his old carpet, uh, which was nicer than the carpet that was in there. I got a sectional couch from someone and we put in new cabinets, new carpet, and I decorated one of the uh, bedrooms was a hangout room uh, slash smoke room where we would hang out and smoke cigarettes and whatnot. And um, I had various neighbors throughout the time because I owned the trailer that I lived in, but I rented the lot. And most of the other trailers were complete rentals. So everything was a rental about the others. So people would come in, they would rent the trailer for so much a month, and they would usually be in and out. I'm sure there was no lease. It was month to month. And if things broke down, there was no real repair for them. You bought as is. And the neighbor, when I was a kid, I lived in the trailer that I was living in at 19. And my neighbor for a long time was my sister. So we had the whole middle as our own yard. Now, my sister didn't live there anymore. So I lived in the trailer and my neighbor moved in this couple. I couldn't tell you how old they were because I was 19 at the time, but I bet they were in their late 20s, early 30s, maybe even late 30s. I don't know, but it was a guy named Chester and his girlfriend and or wife, we'll just refer to her as wife. Um, I don't remember her name, uh, but let's just say her name was Leah. That sounds about right. But Chester and Leah lived there and they didn't have any kids. And Chester was, let's see what I, what I wrote about him. This is what I wrote about Chester. A redheaded guy with a goatee, a little bit ghetto a lot redneck i don't know if you can picture that in your mind um oh my phone's ringing i have two pictures of him uh, i used to take a lot of pictures back then and i had disposable cameras and i would take one and i took one of him and he also gave me one so he gave me a picture of himself because he knew that i was taking pictures and i had these photo albums and i still have several of them from that time uh, and so um, he gave me one to put in the photo album and i still have it and he and his wife live next to me for a short time. He would go to work sometimes. I don't think he really had a car. I don't think they had a car at all. Uh, but he would go to work sometimes and she would stay at home and she would sit on the front steps of the trailer and just smoke cigarettes. They didn't have air conditioning, you know, so she, the, the coolest place was just the front steps. You just sit there with the door open, just smoking cigarettes. They didn't have air conditioner. They didn't really have anything. Uh, it didn't matter to me and my friends because we were usually drunk anyway. You know what I mean? It's like, we didn't even think about other people. We were just drunk. Uh, I didn't have any money, but I had a decent amount of stuff. People were always giving me stuff. My family is like, my family, if there's something you need, they got some version of that in their possession right now that they'll unload on you, that they bought at a yard sale, um, you know, some time ago for very little money. And it's good. It'll be a good thing, but they're ready with it. Um, Chester would come over and hang sometimes, but if there were girls over, then his wife would get mad at him, right? So he couldn't really hang out with us if there were girls over there. Uh, we all smoked cigarettes, and I just remember... I just remember everyone smoking cigarettes all the time. We were all smoking all the time in the house, outside of the house. And Chester always seemed super shady, uh, but he never stole from me. And I don't remember him ever asking to borrow mo money. Um, I think he would bump some cigarettes sometimes. They had some friends, another couple. The lady was fairly young and attractive, but she had like 10 kids. I'm not even making that up. And none of them could, uh, none of them could talk. 
even though they were like old enough to talk, it just seemed like no one was teaching them anything. Uh, I remember they would just roll up and the yard would just fill up. There was just kids everywhere. I was working third shift for a little while and these kids would just be out there loudly like communicating in some language they created. Um, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what it always felt like. These kids were just communicating in some other language. It reminded me of the Todd Snyder song, Double Wide Blues. In fact, I didn't hear that song until it had been, um, I, until I had been gone from that trailer for like six years. So, but from that song, I wanted to do a full Trailer Park album. And I got pretty close with the Son of a Ditch album. I hope this uh, rambling about Chester made sense, but I'm going to play a little bit of the Todd Snyder song, Double Wide Blues. So you can get an idea of what I'm talking about. I think I am anyway. I may have played this before. With a mustard stain Rolling up a hose Outside in the rain He's been my neighbor since About 79 Of course he is in prison Most of that time Ever since then He just ain't been right His old lady works days And they fight most nights Laid off and blown off Pissed off on booze Okay, so that's that song. And uh, I think that song's really great. It's by Todd Snyder called Double Wide Blues. Listen to the live version. So that's Chester. I mean, that's kind of the character of Chester. I, I don't know if that gives you a feel, but we're talking early 2000s, um, denim short jeans, maybe like more stiff, kind of like getting like er, like slim shady vibes you know like that kind of guy like he's redneck and ghetto at the same time and uh also a nice guy i just feel like he was he was just troubled and sad and life wasn't really going anywhere of course mine wasn't either i don't know what happened but i always wonder what happened to chester um and his girlfriend and what they're up to but he was a nice guy. We had some wild times there. And um, I wish I knew more about him. This would be a better segment. But it reminds me of this. This time, this would be a little story. Story uh, about me being in the trailer park. Now, I moved. I started to develop several friends in the trailer park here and there. And then one time, me and my friend Joey, we went to Charleston in search of apartments. We were ready to move. And we were really pushing it. So we went to Charleston. We started looking for apartments. And when I came back, my trailer had been broken into. And they stole my Nintendo GameCube and they stole my CBD pipes. And it felt very targeted because I was like, that's specific things that people knew I had. And so there was a guy who had moved in in the trailer park. He lived with his parents, but he was a younger guy. And he had come down to hang out with us. And I went out that night with some buddies to a bar uh, called the Cock and Bull, which was a bar in Beauregard, uh, kind of a, not a biker bar, redneck bar, but I guess bikers would come there. So they would say no gang colors, right? Like you weren't allowed to wear like bandanas or, or represent your gang inside because these bikers and stuff would get into fights with each other. That's what I assume. But I like going there. I used to go there a little bit, hang out, get drunk. It was a lot of fun. 
So um, one night, though, after being at the bar, I came back to the trailer, and it was either raining or had been raining. And this is, I was such a maniac for whatever reason. I went walking down, the trailer park was on a dirt road, and I went walking down this dirt road in my underwear, barefooted, and I stood in a mud puddle and started shouting at that guy's trailer. And this old man comes outside, and I start yelling at that man about how I never had any problems until you guys moved in. And now somebody broke into my trailer and stole some stuff. And I remember that guy just weirdly standing on the porch. Like, I think this guy was probably could have took me. But I think the fact that I was out there at like 12 a.m. or later standing in a mud puddle in my underwear yelling, I think the guy was like, I don't know what's wrong with this guy. And it, you know, he could have shot and killed me for all I know, but he didn't, thankfully. And I just remember that. And then I moved shortly after that. So that's character of the week. That's the trailer park. That's what was going on down there. Just people yelling at each other. And, you know, just stealing from each other, being friends one day and then coming down, stealing your stuff. I mean, they maybe got 300 bucks in valuables. And it's just like, why? Why are you doing that? It's too bad. Uh, but that's what's going on. And now we're going to get to our movie segment. But in order to get into the movie segment, this time I'm going to bring a special guest in. I'm going to bring my wife to do the actor segment so we can debate about it. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Here we go. Uh, movie segment. I love movies. Gosh, I love movies. All right. That is my new bumper for the movies bumper. That's Keanu Reeves saying in a weirdest way possible that he loves movies. Gosh, I love movies. All right. And for this segment, I said last week, I really need someone in here that I can bounce this off of and discuss this. And so... This week, I have my wife, Hannah Hogan, in the house. Great to be in the studio, Dusty. Say that one more time, Hannah. Great to be in the studio, Dusty. I don't hear myself. Say it one more time. Great to be in the studio, Dusty. Yeah, I've already talked about struggling with this soundboard, so I had you muted and turned down. But now, <laughs> <laughs> so, now you're here. Okay. Great to be here. Great to be here. Great to have you. Yeah, I was in the living room, and now I'm across the hall here in the studio. Yeah, and this is the first time we've sat at this new desk and talked to each other. It kind of feels like we're on a date. Yeah, if, well, it feels like a, like a real podcast now. It does. This is not a makeshift table. It it's not. Yeah, we're in a we got a full on studio going here. It's now. a custom made dusty sleigh table. Yeah. Very fun. Mm. All right. So Hannah, we talked about this earlier, but we did not discuss our top five movies with each other. I but, know it was so hard for me. I wanted to so bad. But I wanted to run it I wanted to tell you who the person was so you could put your own top five movies together. And so um, this week, the actor is Tom Cruise. Yes. So we got Tom Cruise, and I have no feedback on whether people actually like this segment or not. So no one has said, love the actor segment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I feel like I've made a big deal out of this uh, for no reason, really. Uh-huh. But I enjoy it. Good. So I have written down eight movies. But I'm only supposed to pick five. And I'm going to tell you the other three in this, in this eight, I think maybe I'll save them for later. But the reason two of them didn't go in there is I know I watched them. I know I enjoyed them. But I couldn't even tell you what they're about. Mm -hmm. So I left them out of the top five list. Even number five, I feel like I put on there because I'm supposed to. Yeah. I couldn't, we almost, I couldn't even tell you what that movie's like, but I remember liking it. But I'm going to go ahead and begin. Number five, top top five favorite Tom Cruise movies. Number five, Top Gun. You got it. Top Gun. I put Top Gun. 
And I remember Top Gun being good. I remember liking it, but I haven't watched it in a long time. So now I'm going to go number four. And then what we're going to do, I'm going to go through all mine. Then we're going to go through Hannah's. Then we're going to discuss. Number four, Jack Reacher. Mm. I put Jack Reacher on there because I honestly, it blew my mind when I saw the movie. It was a lot like um, that whatever the Keanu Reeves movies are now that he's been doing. It's like it was unexpected. What is that? John Wick. They're just unexpected. Like Jack Reacher, I thought, oh, okay, looks like we've put Tom Cruise in an action movie to... Uh, but I watched it. I was like, oh, it's unbelievable. It's mm -hmm. like Tom Cruise does not miss, to be honest with you. Yeah. If he's in it, it's good. Mm -hmm. And then there, number three is Collateral. Yep. I put Collateral on there because also a movie that blew my mind. That is just such a good one. Number two, Jerry Maguire. Wow. Show me the money. Yep. You know what I mean? Did they end up showing it to him? I don't know if they did or not. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think they did. <laughs> okay, I think they okay. did show it to him. <laughs> no one ever really answers that. Yeah. Um, uh, what a, It was just such a classic, mm. real heartfelt movie. You mm. really felt like this was before I felt like, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it almost feels like before Tom Cruise was superstar Tom Cruise, like he was famous, but he wasn't like superstar. So you almost still believed he was a real person mm -hmm. that when he was interested in Bridget Jones, uh, Renee Zellweger. Yeah. You thought, and, and her kid who was like a human head weighs eight pounds. <laughs> you felt like that, <laughs> that that could really happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. All right. So number one, Favorite Tom Cruise movie is A Few Good Men. Okay. I think that movie is a slam dunk. Uh, Demi Moore, uh, Jack Nicholson, Tom Cruise, bringing it home. Peter Selleck. I don't know what he, I don't he know. was the other lawyer with Demi Moore and uh, oh, okay. Tom Cruise. I just remember that movie. I watched it way later in life. Yeah. Oh, but, really? Yeah, I didn't see it when it came. I remember that you can't handle the truth. I remember that. But I had not seen it for a long time, and it blew me away. And I, we recently watched it again. Yeah, because it, it's always on television. Yeah, it still had the impact, though. I know. I honestly, one of, uh, that's one of those movies that if it's on TV, I'm going to watch it. Because, you know, taking uh, aside what we may, may or may not know about military and government and stuff like that it's like you almost like you sympathize with jack nicholson while also hating him mm. you're like this guy is at least in the movie training a physical combat force where you only want the strongest of the strong and a guy died while training you know whether it was hazing or training it was all part of toughening up but at the same time, you can't be killing people while they're training. Right. You know what I mean? But then at the same time, you understand why certain unspoken rules are, you know, a part of something like the military because you need to have that kind of blind obedience in positions of war. Like you need to be able to just get men to do terrible things because that's what war is. So it's sort of like you can see how the, those soldiers were essentially brainwashed into doing something that maybe in their heart they knew was um, uh, wrong. Yes. All right. So that's my list. What's yours? Okay. So we have, uh, we have a different list here, but we also have some of the same ones. Okay. Number five for me, collateral. Okay. Collateral is a great one. I love a good Tom Cruise villain. Yeah. I mean, Tom Cruise is the bad guy. Show me that money. Yeah. The the scene that I think I like the most uh, because it shows just that Tom Cruise is coming to kill you no matter what. <laughs> he goes in there and he sets with the jazz musician. He watches his show. He seems to really enjoy the jazz musician's show. He's like, wow, you're really great. And then they sit down, they talk. The musician, he knows Tom Cruise is there to kill him. So they talk and he kind of pleads for his life a little bit. And then Tom Cruise says, okay, if you can answer this, 
I won't kill you. So we ask him a question and you can see that the musician knows the answer. He gives a great eloquent answer and probably correct and it's unbelievable and everybody in that room is like fantastic and then tom cruise shoots him in the head yeah and it's just like whoa i mean and it blew and it's my favorite because it's like it shows like this guy he is he's not coming to not kill you yeah <laughs> like you're not gonna get out of it yeah he bad yes tom cruise is bad yes yeah collateral's good um, ooh, number four, eyes wide shut. Oh, eyes wide shut. I couldn't make it through it. Oh, really? No. I feel like I watched it with you. You did, and I fell asleep, or I did something else. <laughs> okay, it's weird. It's, it's too much. Unnerving. It's sexual. Um, but I like that. I liked that it was weird. It's not a movie I'm going to sit down and watch often. I've probably watched enough in my lifetime, but I like that uh, Stanley Kubrick was really trying to like show something in that. And I don't know what it was, but I feel like, wow, that was weird. I, I kind of want to watch it, but something happened to me while watching it that I, it just felt like I shouldn't be watching it's it. It's dark. Yeah. There's a spirit connected to it. That's for sure. Okay. Number two. Or number, what about or number three? Three, three. A Few Good Men. A Few Good Men. Great movie. Number three, yeah. Because um, that was always on TV when I was growing up. So I was like, I'm very familiar with A Few Good Men. Number two, another Tom Cruise villain movie, Interview with the Vampire. Oh, Interview. That's interesting. I don't, oh, I don't think yeah. I've ever seen that one. What? Yeah, I don't think I have. Well, I don't know if it's a movie for you. It's not a horror movie. Um, but it's a movie about vampires, right? But it's also historical fiction, which, you know, I love. Is that with Brad Pitt as well? Yeah. An early Brad Pitt. Yeah. It's like early nineties, Brad Pitt and early nineties, Tom Cruise back before either one of them who, who they were trying to be. I remember it and yeah. I may have seen some of it. I think people in my family liked it, but I, mm -hmm. I never really watched. Yeah, I'll get down with an interview in the with the vampire. I'll watch that if that's on television too. I've never been a vampire movie guy. The mm -hmm. only vampire movie I really liked was The Monster Squad. Do you remember that? Yeah, and I loved that movie. That was a good one. That was a fun movie. I mean, I liked Interview with the Vampire, I think, because it's like historical fiction. Obviously, it's sci-fi because it's about vampires. Um, but th that's what I liked about it. It was like, you just see these vampires over the centuries evolving with time. And then it's debatable to me if vampires are real or not. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're exactly depicted or they're the way they're depicted in movies, but I don't know that there aren't blood sucking people out here that stay young off the blood of other people. Mm. Well, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I know that for sure there's emotional vampires. <laughs> yeah. Met a couple of those. Yeah. All right. Number one. Yes. I mean, Top Gun. Top Gun all the way without question. Don't even need to think about it. I owned Top Gun as a child. Well, my family did. We had it on VHS and I watched it a lot and it fired up some of American patriotism inside of me, even though I'm Canadian. Well, I, I, that's why I put it number five because I, I'm not from, I can't remember it as well, but I, I, I do think it's really good. See, I remember it so well because something that your viewers should know about me with this segment is I watched a lot of movies as a child, avid movie watcher because my dad watched movies. Then when I grew up and moved out, Basically, from 2013 to when I met Dusty and moved in with him in 2016, I did not own a television or a DVD player. So I did not watch movies. I didn't own any streaming now things like for, for well over, you know, almost, yeah, like 13 years. I didn't watch movies or TV. So I don't I'm not familiar with newer movies so much. But Top Gun, I tell you that whole plot. I can tell you themes. I can tell you soundtracks. I can tell you I can tell you that Kelly McGillis, the girl in that movie, becomes a lesbian later in life, in real life. I can tell you some things. 
There was, uh, I didn't know that about her, but there was some people showing pictures, I guess, I don't know, uh, on Instagram or Twitter of Tom Cruise then and Tom Cruise now and Kelly McGinnis then and yeah. Kelly McGinnis now. Yeah. And it was, I mean, listen, Tom Cruise may not even still be the original Tom Cruise. Who knows? Okay. You know, I haven't been with you on your podcast in a long time, <laughs> but it seems like you've really opened up some of your no, no, uh, no, no. beliefs I on the podcast. I haven't really, but I'm just saying Tom <laughs> Cruise- could be a clone. Tom Cruise doesn't seem to have aged at all. Yeah. And one time when I was in New York City, I was, <laughs> they, they were doing something. I was watching a camera crew come around and they had a Tom Cruise lookalike going around. And it looked like what they were trying to do was have him go and talk to people as if, oh, you've just met Tom Cruise. So I'm just saying. Yeah, no, he does look really good the last time I saw him. Um, but I think he's lived, you know, a very clean cut Scientology life. Yeah. You know, I don't think he ever drank or smoked. Um, okay, so these... Three, I want to discuss these three because you didn't name any of these either. Mm. And they are Rain Man. Yep. Which was a good one, but I don't, I'm going to be honest, I don't know that I'm that big of a Dustin Hoffman fan. I feel like I'm supposed to be, mm -hmm. but am I really? I don't know. And that movie is a bit sad because it felt like Dustin Hoffman wanted to live with his brother. But then at the end, he was like, do you want to live with Charlie? And he's like, yes, I want to live with Charlie. And they were like, do you want to live at the home? And he was like, yes, I want to live at the home. And it was like, mm, it's pretty sad. See, I watched that movie, but I also don't remember it. And then and then there was the movie Cocktail, mm. which I remember watching. Uh, really good, really fun. But I couldn't tell you much about it. And then Risky Business had like the most movie iconic scene of all time for a while. I guess you can't be all time for a while, but having, you know, like everything was parodying, sliding out on the socks with the long shirt on, uh, playing Bob Seger, uh, let's take those old records off the shelf. I said it with the sunglasses and it's like, yeah, you know, but I bet cocktail and risky business are both terrible movies. You think? Mm, yeah. I bet if we watch them now, we'd be like, this is bad. I'm going to, we're going to go. And then Days of Thunder, we almost watched the other night, but we opted to just go to sleep. Yeah. Like, remember how I wanted to watch St. Elmo's Fire all the way through the pandemic? Yeah. And I kept trying to get you to watch St. Elmo's Fire with me and you were really against it. Yeah. You were like almost offended every time I put it on. Well, and the, I was like, but this is like a classic 80s rat pack. And you're like, this is terrible. It is terrible. Yeah, I that's could, what I think. But, but I don't think The Breakfast Club would be terrible if we sat down to watch it. But I don't think Risky Business and certainly not Cocktail is in The Breakfast Club. But Breck, but but St. Elmo's Fire was so bad. Yeah. It was like, holy crap. I thought it was okay. <laughs> I thought I couldn't handle it. I mean, it was the 80s trying to figure itself out. Yeah. And it was Demi Moore on cocaine on camera. Well, Hannah, uh, I got a couple more segments here to do. Do you want to just hang out for one more? Um, okay. This is the things I hate segment. Oh, of the yeah. Mm. Because Hannah says that I always go, but do it. Do uh, it. You're like, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I can probably tell you more things that you hate than you can. Well, you were making a list and we have quite a bit of a list. But this is another thing I hate. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when people can't handle anything being talked about that's even remotely gross while eating. Okay? <laughs> like if I'm telling a story and it has something a little gr gross and somebody goes, dude, I'm eating. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hate that. Like how spoiled are we that we eat so much that something a little gross being talked about ruins our appetite? I get it. I don't want to eat in a hot, smelly diner with flies around, but I can handle someone telling me how they blew up a bathroom while I'm having a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> But you know what? Turns out I hate both things. I hate people that can't handle gross things being talked about. But I also hate when people talk about gross things while I'm eating. 
Is it okay to hate both of them? Uh, okay. Wow. That is interesting. You, so you do hate it when people, well, then I don't understand. Shouldn't you empathize with the, with the complaint? I don't know. I feel like I'm just being selfish here. Yeah. I feel like I'm saying if I'm telling a story and there's something a little gross in there and people are like, dude, I'm eating. Mm-hmm. But then also I'm not going to tell people that I'm not going to say I'm eating, but don't talk about real gross stuff while I'm eating. Yeah, I think it's more of like an etiquette thing than a thing that actually makes your stomach turn or or turn your appetite off. Because how many times have you thought, dude, I'm eating and actually stopped eating? I don't think it actually makes you want to eat less. It's more so like you're being rude for some reason. Like when people turn down uh, or like, like if people were like, oh, I can't eat this. They would just buy something later. That's yeah. how, like, I've, I've talked about this before, but when um, people, you go, uh, what do you want to get to eat? And they're like, I don't know. What do you want to get? And they're like, uh, how about tacos? And you're like, no, nah, I had Mexican yesterday. It's like, well, what if you lived in Mexico? You know what I mean? Like, what are you, you're going to, you're not going to, you know, you can't switch it up. You know what I mean? Do you understand? Uh, well, but that's just what they eat in Mexico. Right. So we, we have such a variety that we're like, nah, yeah. let's switch to a different country today. Yeah, <laughs> you know well, I mean? that's for sure. I hate but, that. But that's the things I hate segment this week. It was pretty short. Mm-hmm. So then I'm going to play. I didn't know you hated that either. Well, I do. Um, this is going to be song of the week. I just thought about this the other day. I always like this song. And I'm just going to play a little bit of it. I'm going to play one minute of it. So if you hate when I do this, hits the 30-second skip skip, and uh, you'll be done with this. Here we go. Song of the week. He went to Paris. Looking for answers to questions that bothered him so He was impressive, young and aggressive Saving the world on his own But the warm summer breezes, the French wines and cheeses Put his ambition at bay Summers and winters Scattered like splinters in four or five years slipped away. Okay, that song is called He Went to Paris by Jimmy Buffett. When I, and I'll tell you what I like about it, but first, when I moved to Charleston, this was 2003, I didn't have very much money, I went to the library, and this was before the internet, before, not before the internet, but before the internet was like it is now, before Spotify, before iTunes music, I mean, everything you had to buy it. So I went to the library and I found that they had CDs and you could check out the CDs from the library. So I checked out a bunch of CDs, brought them home, burned copies, took them back. I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever. I just got all this free music. And I got the album songs you know by heart by jimmy buffett and that song he went to paris was on there and it really blew me away what i like about it is this it's kind of a tragic story if you listen to the whole song but this this guy you know going out looking for answers and going on an adventure and then you know weaving and getting sidetracked and it's like life happened to him while he was out looking for stuff he was out looking It's like sometimes we get obsessed with the goal that we have in mind that we forget about what's going on around us all the time. Like he he went to Paris looking for answers to questions that bothered him so. But then the warm summer breezes and French wines and cheeses put his ambitions at bay. They said, you know what I mean? So it's like he got into it. He was like, I'm looking for answers, but the wine, the cheese, the breeze. This is amazing. I feel good. I'm and four or five years slipped away. He lived life looking for answers. Mm-hmm. I think if we don't get too caught up in things and just enjoy life, mm-hmm. then life 
is more enjoyable. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Just got to enjoy life. Life is for living. Yeah. Not sitting around thinking. Right. And not getting so caught up in your goal that you're like, I have to achieve this. I have to achieve this. Just, you know, taking it easy. Yeah. Having a good time, one might say. Having a good time. Absolutely right. And then I'm going to do, what I started to try to do was a bit of a, a, a joke breakdown. But I feel like those have been real failures. Um, so what I want to talk about is, and I'm just going to try to play, I don't know, I'm going to, I don't know the, 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 the how gr- dirty this is going to be, or I don't know these tracks this well, but I want to talk about a comedian named Neil Hamburger. Okay. In 2008, no, no, no. Um, it would have been after 2012 because I had quit drinking. And, um, I was looking for answers. Yes. But I was also, um, staying, uh, celebrating kind of a, uh, bachelor weekend with my friend, John Brennan and some of his other friends. And now I was sober. Now, a lot of these friends were from Delaware and Philadelphia, and they hadn't met me once before when me and John Brennan and his wife, Dolly drove up to New York city. And I on the way back, we had been drunk a lot and I was wore out and, and, and like a, a pretty hungover and we stopped and we had some drinks at this place. And then I like slept walk in this couple's house and they were like, woke up in the night and I was like in their room. What? Yeah. And they go, Hey, they're like the bathrooms in there. And then, uh, so I just left and went they to They must've the, thought you're a creep. Well, I wasn't like around their bed or anything. But I was like, that's creepy, though. Yeah, it is creepy. But it's like I went into their bedroom looking for the bathroom in my sleep. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then like weeks went by, I guess, and they found they were like, yeah, we didn't see anywhere where you peed or anything. But like weeks later, they found some dish in their room that I had like peed in, I guess. <laughs> but I was just so wasted and I slept walked. Do you remember doing that? Yeah, I remember them waking me up being like, hey, the bathroom's in there. And it was just like, I was just so drunk that it was just oh humiliating. God. I've never seen you sleepwalk before. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't really do it now. My goodness. But, but the, um, so um, now I was like, so now I'm sober. And there are all these friends that had seen me then are now hanging out with me. And it's like, I don't know, just life is, is better altogether. They all liked me way more. I was the designated driver for the weekend for the, for the crew. But one night I went to this show at the poorhouse in Charleston. It was, um, Neil Hamburger, Todd Barry, and, uh, another guy. I always forget the other guy, but I had this poster hanging on my wall for a really long time. Was it that Ben guy? At the rat house. Ben, I, I think from New York. I think his name was Brendan. Oh, Brendan. Yeah. Brendan something. Yeah, I know that dude. I never was a fan of him. I I don't have anything against him, but I honestly didn't find him that funny at the show and have never really seen him be that funny. But Todd Berry is amazing to me. One of my favorites. And then I had never heard of Neil Hamburger, but I couldn't have been more pleasantly surprised. It was so great. I loved it so much. And I tried to find him on YouTube and I'm like, well, it's just not the same as the live show. So I was talking about him with uh, my friend Alec when we were in Cleveland. And he told me about this album called uh, Hot February Night, where he's opening for Tenacious D. Um, And I don't think that if you've if you've never seen Neil Hamburger live i don't think you'll appreciate this as much but if you have seen him i recommend the album i'm just gonna play a track i don't know what the content will be because i don't have these memorized but i was on a plane on my way back from cleveland very early in the morning on very little sleep laughing alone listening to this album all right here we go uh let's play this one all right Yeah, I suck money right out of your wallets into mine. I'm making $25,000 tonight for telling these jokes, huh? What do you make for cleaning the uh, oil off of the pan at McDonald's, huh? 
You cocksucker, get the hell out of here, security! <laughs> this man's fecal breath is destroying the mood of the evening. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh. All right. Let's pick things up here, huh? Why? Why did God... Okay. All right. So I don't know what he's about to say. So I'll cut it off there. But uh, I didn't find it to be that bad. It's got some foul language on it. But what I like about that is he's totally in character. This guy's totally doing a character. And he's opening for Tenacious D. These are fans of Tenacious D. It feels like about half the audience knows who Neil Hamburger is and likes what he's doing. And the other half, as you saw when I when I clicked that on, is people going, you suck. You Like, they're really chanting that at him. Like, they hate him. And he just doesn't seem to be bothered by it at all. He goes, let's pick things up. And then he starts going, ugh. He starts hacking up. It's like, he doesn't, he's like, I suck money right out of your wallet. <laughs> at some point... They get so mad at him, and he goes, listen, I've gone over, so Tenacious <laughs> D is only going to be able to do two songs. <laughs> and uh, then he'll do things like, all right, let's get the show started. Let me go ahead and get him out here. Give it up for Tenacious D's crew. And <laughs> he just keeps teasing that it's going to be them, and it never is. And um, so I, what I want to say about that is it's like, that is just so great. It's like, to me, it opened my eyes to where comedy can be done any kind of way. Now, people have to like it. That's the thing is he's doing this I'm bad at comedy thing, but it's still funny. Mm -hmm. It needs to be funny. You can do the I'm bad at comedy gimmick if you want. But if you just people are just like, oh, you are bad at comedy. Right. Then you're not. You got to people yeah. have to like it. And, you know, you may have to find an, a, a, a special audience, but. That audience has to exist or you got to change up what you're doing. Right. All right. My advice to comic segment. I'm going to take off. Okay. All right. To the uh, Hannah Hogan. We have a baby now that we've left sleeping in another room. So thank you, Hannah. Thank you. All right. So that's Hannah Hogan. And now my advice to comic segment is going to be just very short. I think this is important. I think it's so often missed. Be easy to work with and be a good hang. People don't put anything on this. You know, a, a lot of people don't. They don't think about these things. But if you're easy to hang with, people are more likely going to want to bring you out with them. If you're easy to work with, clubs are going to want you to perform there. If you're not easy to work with, if you're, a, if you're like difficult to the club if you're demanding to the club it's like they're not going to want you back i had a club owner telling me that that a feature meaning a middle act was at the show and she didn't know he owned the club and was like being like get me a uh, get me a glass of wine it was just like really bossing him around and then later she found out he was the owner and started to be super nice. And it was like, it's just so phony. And it's like, there's just no need in it. Like I've been mistreated by some clubs in the past, meaning they were rude to me, didn't give me good service, this and that. And it's like, it's just stuff that I remember. And then when I'm able to make the choice whether I work that club or not, maybe I don't, maybe I do, just depending on w w what it means to me. But it's like, I do remember who was nice to me and who wasn't. I don't hold grudges. I don't sit around going, I can't wait to get them back. I mean, maybe I've thought that before, but um, I just remember how people treat me and people will remember how you treated them. That, a, an old saying when I worked at Office Depot was a customer service saying, they would say, people won't remember what you say, but they'll remember how you made them feel. And that's why I think it's just important. Just just being gracious and having gratitude and in all situations is just going to be better anyway. And what we talked about last week, like being humble, um, if that was last week, who knows what, what I said last week. But being humble is just like, I don't know, it, it just seems like that, that, that expression of what goes up must come down. People say things like, 
Uh, be careful how you treat people on the way up. You'll need them on the way back down. It's just like, I mean, all those sayings are true, but overall, it's just like, why not just be nice to people just in general, like in public? And that would leads me into my, and not that people are seeking life advice from me. I don't give this life, life advice tip because I think people are going, oh man, Dusty, give me some good life advice today. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think, this is just things that I learn and that I share. And this is, a, this one is be a good neighbor. Uh, it makes everything better. And I think that's true. Uh, I have some neighbors that talk to me sometimes in the yard longer than I would like, but I would rather that happen than none of my neighbors talk to me. Now, I know some people are the opposite. Hannah's kind of the opposite, I think. I mean, Hannah definitely likes and appreciates our neighbors, but she is not a small talker. She does not do it. I love it. But I love knowing my neighbors. I know lots of people in my neighborhood, and it's just made things easier. People brought me food when we had our baby. Uh, you know, I uh, talk to people, talk to my neighbors when I'm out working in the lawn. Uh, it just is good. And when I see my neighbors, like, put flowers out, uh, it makes me want to put flowers out because I see people trying to make the neighborhood look better, and I want to do my part to make the neighborhood look better too. So I just think if you're... Um, a good neighbor, it just makes everything better. Just in any kind of situation, everything can be made better. That's what, you know, and that's why I like the Bible. And that's why I like to kind of do a Bible verse of the week, because I just think that the way people are made better is just, uh, you know, I think, I think people are made better uh, by following, you know, what God, like if you're, if you're a Christian and you read the Old Testament, there's laws in there, and then you go, I'm going to follow those laws, you become a better person just because you're doing that. Um, just because you're working on yourself, you're, you're, you're growing close to God and you're working on yourself. And, you know, the crux of the Ten Commandments is worship God and treat your neighbors as you would like to be treated. And I just think that it's so great. And this this is one, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but I like this verse a lot. It's always helped me. It's Ecclesiastes chapter six, verse chapter six, verse seven. It says, All the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet his appetite is not filled. That was going along with my talk about don't get into debt. It's just like everything we do is always to feed this appetite that never can be filled, right? If we get a new car, it won't be long until that new car is an old car. And then we want a new car again. It's like, or it's like, if you want to try to keep up with the Joneses, you're always like, oh, I got to get this. And then I got to get this. And then I get got to get this. And it's like, um, you know, when we live more simple, we don't need all of those things and we, our lives will be easier because we're not working so hard all the time for stuff. You know, we're appreciating our families and it's like, you know, like even families where both of, like if you have a couple and you have a kid and then both parents work, it, um, is harder. You know what I mean? Like I'm, not everybody can help it, but it's like the simpler we live our lives, the more we're able to do more, more free we're able to be. I mean, cause a big thing for me, uh, starting comedy was that I was living in an apartment that cost me $250 a month. It was an attic apartment where I shared a house with five other people and it was hot in the summer. It was cold in the winter, but that allowed me, and then I paid off my car and that allowed me the freedom to be able to pursue my dream of doing comedy, um, without having to worry about a lot of other cost. you know, it would have been hard to do it cause you don't make much money at all. In fact, when I talk to people, if people are older or people have families and they're looking to get on the road, I almost tell them don't do it because the money is never going to make sense. 
And then you got, you got a family that you're going to be away from for the money. So it's like, I got to get to a better place financially before having a kid. And it's fortunate for me. And I'm very thankful. And I know not everybody has that, but it's like, if we can live simpler life, then it's like, because you, you, both families are working or both members of the family are working. And then you have to get daycare. And then there's all these things involved. And it just like the simpler we live our lives, the better it is. And I think the more thankful we can be for things because we just have time to appreciate it. And I've really been like planning things and building things. And that's become a lot of fun for me uh, just to get out in the yard and just do stuff. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, if you have, you know, any ideas, anything you'd like to talk about, uh, Travis, if you're still listening, I'm Tyler Childers, still on the docket. I just keep things keep coming into my head. Um, all right. Thank you very much. We're having a good time.